We always have to find workarounds. And this goes back years. I mean, you had ITP roll out before all these changes. You had Safari deprecating third-party cookie years ago. So in a way, the writing was on the wall. But I think a part of a measurement provider's job is to basically realize that the landscape is constantly changing and our customers come to us to basically take that burden off them. So like a client that's leveraging Rockerbox doesn't have to figure out how do I deal with third-party cookies going away. Rockerbox does. And we have. We've rolled out a lot of technology around that. When Safari third-party cookies deprecated, we rolled out first-party pixels. Uh, we've had to invest a lot in partnerships and integrations. We had a strategic partnership with Reddit or Pinterest so that we could get access to their data sets so they don't make available to anybody. And that helps us better understand the landscape. And we're doing that with more and more social companies in the coming months and quarters. Hello and welcome to the D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we are diving deep on tracking and attribution with Ron Jacobson, CEO and founder of Rockerbox. Welcome to the D2C Podcast, Ron. Just wanted to start by asking what you see as the biggest challenge facing marketers today. That's a great question. Hey, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me here. Um, listen, it's just getting harder. Everything's getting harder. I think uh, for the last two, five, ten years, whatever you want to call it, it's sort of been the best of times for um, e-commerce brands and marketers there. There were a lot of playbooks that just worked um, that were somewhat set and forget it. Not fully, obviously, like work had to be done. But there were sort of those foundational channels that you knew if you run these playbooks, you're going to have some some version of success. And that's not the case anymore. So I think uh, everything's getting harder uh, with the economy. Uh, that's That's making things harder as well. Uh, privacy changes, uh, that made things harder. So when you add all these things together... Everything's more difficult than it's ever been. All brands have to level up. It's good you named your brand, your product Rockerbox because you know you, you can't just use the in the box tools anymore. All, the in the box tools on all these platforms. I, I tell this story all the time, but you know recently we we switched our you know what we're we're basing our our signals on for user generation, user acquisition on the uh, D2C newsletter side. We just realized we're getting totally wrong signals from the platform in terms of what audiences were working, what campaigns were working, what creatives were working. Like drastically different, like not even consistently bad, like just all over the place. And once we switched to it to a simple using Google anal Analytics and really seeing what was driving the results, it was totally different from what the platforms did. And since we've used those real signals, our results are 10 times better, which is one of the things I'm interested in is like, is there an actual opportunity? And this is something we saw on the, on the pilot house, the agency side as well, where we previously had all these channels. We had a, a sense of our attribution mix. We didn't have a great sense of the incrementality we were actually bringing to the table. And I think by diving into tools like Rockerbox, by diving into this technology, there's actually an opportunity to even do it better than before. Is that something you'd agree with? Oh, completely. I think um, in the past, I mean, listen, a lot of this changed when uh, the iOS changes came out. It made it so that data in platform data was worse than ever. But even before then, if you were just relying on platform numbers, in a way you were kind of, you're operating with like one hand behind your back. Um, because frankly, you're getting a myopic view. The platforms are reporting out on themselves as they should. There's nothing wrong with that. But their job is to ostensibly say, I serve somebody an ad, did that person convert? They don't care about what the impact of their marketing is on all of your other channels. Um, is an extra dollar in Facebook making your Google search perform better? Is it incremental there? So like by definition, if you're relying just on platform numbers, uh, you kind of have your blinders on to what's actually happening with the marketing. So in a way, all these privacy changes has forced, uh, has been a catalyst for everybody to realize they, they need better me measurement help. You just can't rely on platform numbers anymore. So yeah, I, I, in a way, like I think brands should have been doing this before iOS changes, but you know, better late than never. 
So just walk me through practically what it looks like. So say I've got a, I've got a brand running. We're running on Facebook, TikTok, and uh, Pinterest. We're also testing some maybe some over the top TV. We've got maybe you know we're doing some podcasts and things like that. Just functionally and practically, how does Rockerbox actually work and parse that information effectively? First off, we we actually want to provide different ways to measure the information that we're actually providing. So given the channels you talked about, you talked about like podcasts, for example. That's one where looking at what your customers are saying is a good data source. So how do you hear about a survey? Are they saying podcasts? Are they using promo codes associated to podcasts? Are they using vanity URLs associated to podcasts? I'm calling those out because like, I think about it as like a Swiss Army tool set of different ways to measure your marketing. And I don't think any marketer should be constricted to just using one. I think you need all those tools. And those three approaches I mentioned before, surveys, promo codes, vanity URLs, are three tools to measure marketing. Are they perfect? Not at all. But are they worth having? 100%. I think when you add on top of that, uh, path to conversion analysis, uh, running experiments, uh, media mix modeling, which is not something that Rockerbox provides, but um, those are all the tools that a marketer needs to be able to measure their marketing. So fundamentally, I think like that's the starting point. Now, to be able to do that, to your question specifically, we need underlying data. And I think really what Rockerbox is fundamentally is a data company. We need to be ingesting as much data as possible from every source that a marketer is actually spending their dollars on. I need to normalize that data, clean that data, connect the data, so that we have sort of these underlying foundational sets of information that analysis can be done on top of. Uh, what does that like very, very tactically mean? It means we need to ingest everything happening, first-party data and zero-party data, what's happening on the customer's website, where are the actual orders, people who are adding products to cart, viewing products, filling out the email modules. Like that, That's data that happens on property, Rockerbox ingests. Off-site data, that can be impressions that are served on Facebook, on programmatic you know, the views of impressions, this could be offline impressions from linear TV, OTT, CTV, direct mail. Rockerbox has to ingest all that data. And we do that, we have I don't know, 200, 250 different integrations where we can pull data in. And then it's on us to connect all those dots. But it's very different, right? The way you measure linear TV is different than OTT, as you mentioned, which is different than Google search. So essentially, we try to take the best approach to measure each channel, given the limitations in data, given uh, the cadence that data is made available. It's, it's a really, really hard data problem. They don't make it easy for you. None of, none of these platforms make it easy. Even, even the big boys, even like between Google and Facebook and TikTok, for instance, is it basically like when you're, when you're lining up a customer journey where uh, you, know, you want to be able to tell the, the path to conversion, as you were saying, is that, is that a matter of fingerprinting? Is that a matter, matter of fingerprinting the data you have about people and kind of matching it up to d- device to device to get their, their, their journey? Yeah, I mean, so we, we, we view it from the lens of identity resolution. Essentially, how do we connect as many dots as possible? So we can construct that path to conversion as accurately as possible. Now, I'll be let's the candid line. It can be done perfectly. Cannot. And I think anybody who says it can be done perfectly is is just lying to you. Now, it can be done very well. Uh, and I think that if somebody understands the gaps, you figure out how to use the data you have. Similarly to like post-purchase surveys, right? They're not perfect either. Their bias is there as well. So you have to understand the data so you can actually use it. But specifically, yeah, uh, some form of identity resolution to connect information. A good example is if you send direct mail to, to an address, and that address then converts, you can join on that. You can connect the dots on that. If we send an email to an email address, and we see that being the email address on a purchase, we can connect the dots on that. So it's trying to figure out for every channel, what data do we have? How can we connect it to what's happening You know, on actual property, on the, the e-commerce store or whatever website or app it is? Sometimes we have very clean signals, email address, physical mailing address, phone number. Sometimes it has to be a modeled approach. Sometimes it has to be a probabilistic approach. And Rockerbox handles all that. 
when iOS 14 came down and with the, the new cookie D rollout, which appears to be being pushed uh, interminably, did those, when those big things roll out, do they affect you and your technology just as much as it does marketers using platform data? Do you have, did you have to find workarounds is my question when that came down or is the data that you're kind of working with kind of free from that? We always have to find workarounds. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I basically, and this goes back years. I mean, you had um, ITP rollout before all these changes. You had Safari deprecating third-party cookie years ago. So in a way, the writing was on the wall. Uh, it's been on the wall for two, three years. And Google, you're right. Who knows if and when they ever actually deprecated. But I think part of a measurement provider's job is to basically realize that the landscape is constantly changing. And our customers come to us to basically take that burden off them. So like a client that's leveraging Rockerbox doesn't have to figure out how do I deal with third-party cookies going away. Rockerbox does. And we have. We've uh, built out, we've rolled out a lot of technology around that. Um, you know, when Safari third-party cookies deprecated, we rolled out first-party pixels or in the first-party, um, essentially we're operating in the first-party cookie space uh, of the brand. Uh, we've had to invest a lot in partnerships and integrations. We had a strategic partnership with Reddit and with Pinterest so that we could get access to their data sets so they don't make available to anybody. And that helps us better understand the landscape. And we're doing that with more and more social companies uh, in, the, in the coming months and quarters. When ITP rolled out, similarly, we had to adapt to that. I think that's just a sort of par for the course. Uh, and it's frankly, it's just something that you, come, you have to become really good at uh, when, you're, when you're in the measurement space. I, we dove right into it. We, we dove right into, into Rockerbox. But like, just for people that may be listening that are maybe a little bit newer, can you kind of walk me through either an actual client scenario or a hypothetical client scenario that really just lays out exactly what Rockerbox does and how it benefited them, how it was able to allow them to be more profitable or spend more? Can you walk me through a scenario like that? Yeah, stepping back, Rockerbox is a leading attribution provider for e-commerce and direct-to-consumer brands. Uh, we help brands measure all their marketing, paid, organic, digital, offline. Uh, and our goal is to work with them from launch to IPO and beyond. And we've seen that happen with many of our customers that we've worked with for the past four years. We launched the business four years ago and have been fortunate to work with some amazing brands that have gone through the whole process of actually going public in the past couple of years. So, And, and we've been able to support them through that and beyond. I think one good example, we actually have a recent case study with Kuru Footwear. Uh, they sell shoes that are very comfortable to walk with uh, for a host of different use cases. And one of the big use cases for them was trying to be able to scale uh, their spend on social. That's an objective that they had, particularly in last year, by the way, when iOS uh, 14.5 came out, a lot, of, uh, a lot of brands pulled away from social, right? It was a great opportunity for certain companies that had the right data, that had the right marketing infrastructure, and that you know had a bit of courage to double down in a channel that others were pulling back on. And with Rockerbox, that's what Kuru was able to do. A uh, big post portion of Rockerbox would be able to impact uh, view the impact not just of clicks but views on a channel like Facebook. And we built a whole product around synthetic events to be able to properly model the impact of views on their marketing. And by leveraging Rockerbox, they were able to again I think increase spend I think around three hundred fifty percent. And and that's one use case by the way. Uh, we have uh, other clients who come to us the use case being able to pull back to spend on Facebook by fifty percent while maintaining revenue. And I think that's really where it just comes to what is the business objective. Like, what is a, a lot of com- uh, customers come to us and say, will you tell us what to do? And I go, well, I need to know what your business objectives are so we can actually help you figure out how to leverage the data. Is it to scale new visitors? Is it to be more profitable? Is it to focus on renewals or retention? There, there are different objectives for uh, every, every brand. But I think the fact that one of our clients got a lot of success by scaling uh, uh, paid social, that was what was success for them. Others got it by cutting back on paid social. And it's pretty cool they were able to facilitate both of those. So you know you've sit you've got hundreds of brands that are that are using the technology across every vertical I imagine in in the space. Can you speak to some of the, and I know uh, we're gonna we're gonna offer it I think on this podcast, but you've actually created an amazing benchmark resource uh, where you can kind of see a lot of these trends across multiple brands. What are some of the big trends that you're seeing from from this report that you created? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, one of the really interesting things about sitting across so many brands is so many different. Uh, 
kind of levels of scale is just seeing what's working, uh, seeing what vendors they're working with, what channels they're diving into, uh, where they're pulling back from. Are CPAs going up or down? Are CPMs going up or down? So there's just, I don't know, we sit on top of so much data that's just, you know, personally fun to, to take a look at. It's been interesting. In the, in the last year, uh, Facebook's obviously um, dipped and came back. Uh, so that, that's been interesting to see. Um, when iOS 14.5 first happened, in a way, what I think what happened first is really that Facebook performance degraded so quickly that it's not necessarily that other channels got better, but Facebook performance decreased to the level where it was ostensibly at par with other channels. So all of a sudden, now that they're at par, you're more willing to test into things like TikTok and Snapchat and Pinterest and Reddit than you were before when Facebook was just so 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 far ahead. Uh, so Facebook kind of pulled back a lot more investment in those other channels. In the past, you know, one, two, three months, really, uh, that recently, Facebook's doing better. It seems like they're, they're getting uh, some of their ducks in a row with all these iOS changes. Uh, so we are seeing spend on Facebook increase. Uh, it is interesting to see which other channels have maintained certain levels of budget. It's not consistent. It's not consistent across all, all brands. Uh, a good example is TikTok in the fashion vertical continues to be uh, very high, whereas in financial, not, not as much. Financial services, TikTok is kind of tapered off. Other trends we're seeing, just generally, I would say, brands want to diversify as much as they can. There's nothing particularly shocking about that. Um, but I think more than ever, they realize they need to do it. Offline is getting a huge push. Uh, OTT, linear, direct mail, all getting a lot of a lot of love. Affiliates actually are going up a lot lately too. So yeah, just a lot of interesting stuff. It makes sense, you know, affiliates especially, just because it's that pay per performance model where you don't have to risk the big loss up front. I was just talking with a brand yesterday, and they were talking about the, you know, it was the last time I did a podcast with them was in October 2020, uh, while things were absolutely booming, and they sort of they they kind of pulled a Shopify in some ways, which is like, oh well, these are the new times. Let's go ham, and they and they went ham through diversification. Uh, they took big shots with big podcasts and did big buys on some OTT stuff, but I don't know that they had this level of tracking set up. So they ended up taking a few big shots downfield. Some worked, some didn't, but it just absolutely behooves you as an advertiser to make sure before you go big in into diversification or into in any of these spaces, you have a really strong sense of what actual incremental lift each platform is giving. And I imagine that's uh, the sweet, sweet spot for Rockerbox. A hundred percent. I think you nailed it. I mean, I think what I've seen a lot is brands, I kind of think of it as like these Hail Marys, right? They take these passes into new channels. And in a way, I think a lot of them enter it where they're taking the pass, but it's almost as if they can't see whether or not the receiver caught the ball. And that's kind of what's happening when you enter a new channel without having proper measurement in place. And that's like the worst case, you know, like it may have been a touchdown, it may not have been a touchdown, but the QB doesn't even know. And that's kind of what I see a lot of brands doing when they invest in big budgets, frankly, um, in channels without proper measurement. And to me, like that's just not acceptable. Like I don't. It's fine to you know throw a pass and for it to be caught or not to test a new channel for it to work or not, but to not know is just the worst. So I'm, you know, obviously Rockerbox selfishly, like I think you know we're, we're we're in a great position to help brands there. But just having a measurement approach to any channel you're testing into is going to be really really critical. Um, you just don't want to kind of fly blind. You can't fly blind. And especially when some of these channels like podcasts, I've had so many people on on this podcast talk about the podcast approach and in so many cases, how delayed the reaction can be. I think, I think I forget which brand it was. They were saying it was actually a six month. They didn't really see uh, this wave until about six months, but then they started seeing it in their post-purchase survey that, you know, 60% of the people that were buying the product had heard about it from this podcast. I'm just, just speakingly on a podcast from podcasts, these kind of sources, is that something you see? You, do you see a much more delayed attribution with, with, platforms like podcasts 
No, that, that, that has not been a trend I've seen. But you know, let me look at the data more. Maybe maybe I'm missing that. Um, it hasn't been something anecdotally I've seen or that I've heard. Um, so that, 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 that's an interesting one. It makes sense. So I mean, like uh, I found myself like going to old pod, old podcast episode I got recommended, um, and there are definitely going to be ads in there. No, not something I've seen. That, 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 that's a curious one. But I think the example is great, though. By the way, right? That person, imagine that they go to that website. They convert, maybe they go direct, maybe they go from Google search or paid search. They convert X months later, GA, uh, which again is a great step beyond just using platform numbers. GA is going to say Google uh, search or direct or that conversion. You need to ingest that survey data to actually know maybe something else is involved. And that kind of comes again into like, you need underlying data sets that enable you to answer the questions you're trying to answer. It's funny, you know, working with in partnership with Pilot House, this agency that's got uh, a TikTok team, uh, an email team, a Google team, a Facebook team, all these different teams, and they're all working on the same clients in a lot of cases. And so I was talking before about the pre-iOS 14.5, where there was this murky state of attribution where different departments were kind of, there's probably a lot of overlap in the conversions they were taking credit for. Uh, this whole change has really forced people to be very ruthless about, you know, who actually gets the conversions. I'm, what I'm trying to ask about is fractional attribution. Is, fra- is fractional attribution, you, you mentioned the path to conversion. Is that kind of the same as fractional attribution? Yeah. I mean, so um, essentially constructing that path to conversion and then you're trying to allocate, the, you're trying to deduplicate, right? Essentially, you don't want Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat all to say, hey, we drove conversion one, two, three, because essentially that would be as if three conversions happened, even though one only did. So essentially, it's how do you distribute the credit for that one conversion across all those channels? That leads to things like deduplicated ROAS, deduplicated CPA, uh, which is just really important. Otherwise, you're counting uh, results twice. And I think it's really important for a brand or an agency that they're they're leveraging to just be held accountable, right? To be held accountable to fair numbers that are to fair numbers that they're clear about, and uh, those should definitely be deduplicated numbers. So yeah, fractional attribution is taking that path to conversion, figure out how do you allocate the credit across all that. First touch models, last touch model, even weight models, uh, rocker box employees, uh, machine learning based models, but different ways to determine that credit, that creditable allocation. You've got a development background. I saw you were at the Federal Reserve of New York, which is interesting and working on their tech. I got some questions about that. But what like you're obviously very tech minded, like this is a constantly evolving field. What is on your mind about the future of the product and, and where you're go- where, where, where are you putting your development resources right now for, for the future of Rockerbox? So we actually have a huge product launch happening this upcoming Wednesday, um, August uh, 17th. So it's basically a revamp of our entire platform. So super, super excited about that. Just trying to make it easier for customers to gather insights really, really quickly. So by virtue of having worked with brands for the past four years and learning what reports they're running, what analysis they're running on Rockerbox, we're able to kind of take the learning from a couple of customers and extrapolate across you know our hundreds of customers. So that's anyway, super, super excited about that UI launch. I'd say generally, though, we kind of think about it from the perspective of, again, launch to IPO. And the needs for those customers are very, very different. Uh, the ways that they want to work with data is very different. We launched a Google Sheets integration in Q1 that makes it very, very quick for all of our data to automatically sync into Google Sheets. Uh, really used by agencies a lot, uh, quick way to share data across different constituents. So we're investing more in different templates, pre-constructed templates that we've seen marketers use on top of the data to answer questions. Uh, super excited about that. Uh, on the more enterprise side, it's how do we get that data into their warehouse? So at that point, they have data science organizations, they have in-house statisticians, in-house analysts, they need raw data in their warehouse. So the complete opposite side of the spectrum from you know a five-person company that just launched and is happy to use our UI to that uh, you know 25-person company that wants data in Google Sheets all the way to companies that need it in their warehouse. So kind of bouncing back and forth between both of those. Looking more forward, Two main areas. Number one for us, again, I, I really believe in that Sasarmi Knife approach to marketing measurement. Uh, you need all the tools to do your job. So we're continuing to invest to ensure that any type of measurement methodology Rockerbox facilitates. 
We launched experiments a year ago, which was our first pass into helping clients use testing frameworks to determine uh, lift and incrementality of media. And we're going to continue to push that uh, down the line, dipping our toes into media mix modeling as well. Beyond that also is just expanding our data sources. So again, we you know, do 30 to 40 net new integrations a quarter. We had a partnership with Pinterest and Reddit to get access to more data in the past year. Uh, and we have some really exciting new partnerships that take years and years to make happen, but will give us really good deterministic data for our clients to be able to scale. So th- those are the biggest ones. I think it's just making sure on uh, access to data, a cleaner, faster UI that's easier to get insights out of, obviously built on top of this core learning data set, and then ensuring that we have access to every source of data, uh, every channel that a client's going to market on. I need them to know that with Rockerbox, we'll be able to measure it and they can scale with us. They can test as far as they want. We're, we're the best source of that, that can go across any single channel they're, they're investing into. And you mentioned launched IPO. So like, is there is there a point where it's too early to be thinking about a tool like this? Do you ha- should you be on more than one platform? Or are you literally like suggesting that brands when you launch now, if you're you know, you're gonna be spending any money on socials on these platforms, you should probably have this background and have this backing. I mean, listen, I think realistically, if if you're a brand and you're on one channel, um, the platform numbers are gonna be off. And yes, there there is virtue to using a rocker box or other measurement platforms, GA, things like that. But for the most part, even still, I've seen clients are able to somewhat keep their finger on the pulse if they're just on one channel. Then you might know you're plus or minus 10, 20%, but like you can test pretty quickly, cut the channel off for a day, see what happens, double down for a day, see what happens. Like you can understand. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't think that there's like really any time that's too early, but realistically, at least to date, Rockerbox works with brands kind of once they're beyond just Facebook, Google. Uh, maybe they're testing into other social channels, offline channels, influencers, podcasts. Like that's where it really starts to get hard. We're going to be launching down the line uh, better tiering of our offering as well, so we can better work with the brands from all those stages in their life cycle. So yeah, it's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, like you, you only have so much time in your day when you're a very, very small, well, any stage organization. But uh, if you're a marketing team of one, you only have so much time in your day. So I know. I think if you have a team of one, probably can just focus on the platform members themselves. And you're saying there's no, I guess there's no limitation on the vertical that you serve. You, you, this is across all e-commerce, uh, every, every kind of product, any, every kind of price point, it's all relevant because you just want to be able to know your, your, your path of conversion. So we, Rockerbox ourselves, we don't really do a lot in the CPG space um, uh, for folks who are selling primarily through wholesale, at least yet, uh, wait till next year. We don't, we don't do as much to measure, measure that. Uh, we don't do personally as much in the B2B space, so we're more B2C focused. And that's more, uh, there, there are a host of reasons there too. But yeah, if you're selling to consumers in some capacity, be it physical goods, financial services, nonprofits even, yeah, you're trying to drive customers to your website, uh, Rockerbox will be a great fit. And you're, you're, they're going to need some measurement help. Um, so how are you going to track the success of this podcast? <laughs> great question. Um, we we got to get we got to get a promo going there. Uh, so uh, everybody who's listening to it can come to Rockerbox and sign up uh, at least at some sort of a discount. So let's, let's make that happen. How, so how do we do that? Should they should go to Rockerbox.com. Uh, is there how do they access the actual the, the benchmarks that you created? Yeah. So if you go to Rockerbox.com forward slash free, they'll give access to our spend benchmarks. It's the easiest way to get it up and running for Rockerbox quickly. You can quickly see where you see marketers are spending their dollars, what channels, what the distribution of spend is. You can cut that in many ways by different industries, different verticals, different spend levels. So just a really easy way for any brand to get a sense of across all of our customers where, uh, you know, where spend is actually happening. That's the easiest way. Rockerbox.com forward slash free. Nice. I think I urge all of our readers and listeners to go do that. It's a great resource. I think I think I don't know that a lot of people are putting out that level of data that cuts across so many different spaces. I'm going to go check it out right after this. So uh, so thanks for putting that out. Yeah. And 
it, it's particularly cool too because it includes all the offline channels, the OTT. Like that's hard spending a centralized. Yeah, and I think it's it's those are things. There's savvy advertisers that are taking stabs into those spaces, but it's a bit foreign to the modern media buyer, right? Where where we just want to have these self serve platforms, we can see results within an hour, and so I think there's probably a lot of tentativity getting into. OTT and, and podcasts and things like that. So just to know that you're not flying blind and, and to start by being able to look at the data of all these other brands who are doing it, I think is, is hugely valuable. So, uh, so that's a, a pretty sweet move. Thanks for coming on the D2C podcast today, Ron. No, it's been fun, Eric. Really uh, appreciate you uh, talking to me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.